I'm Tobias Carroll, author of Real. Fantastic. And I'm Douglas Light, author of Where Night Stops. First off, thanks for uh, breaking off the time to talk. I'm really excited and uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool to touch base with someone who uh, not only is a writer, but as an editor and teacher. And uh, that's something I wanted to delve into in a second. But first off, I want to say your piece on Joy Williams in the Chicago oh, Book yeah. Reviews. Oh my gosh. I, I read that and I was just eating it up and uh, I actually got a copy of the Changeling first edition and oh, ran wow. into her back in, it must've been like 2001 or two at a Paris review reading and I brought it up to her to have her sign. And she's like, Oh my gosh, where did you find this? <laughs> and I, I told her. And so she signed it. And she's like, Hey, you know, um, do you need a, a new book jacket for? Cause I've got a ton of them at home. And I felt like I was imposing. I'm like, no, 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 that's fine. And now I'm thinking, why not? Why don't I just go visit her or whatever and uh, get in good with her? And I, I've been kicking myself ever since. So uh, I, I thought I'd throw that out. But uh, nice. So, um, it's good to meet a, someone else who really uh, appreciates her writing. She's definitely been a huge influence on my work. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it was a fun book to write about. I mean, partially because it and it was nice to have a chance to revisit it. Uh, I'd read the previous edition that fairy tale review did a couple of years ago um and really enjoyed it then so it was fun to kind of go back and, and revisit it and sort of do an even deeper read of it yeah what did i read recently i think with her uh was it 99 stories of oh, right. god yeah the i think so yeah yeah i think that was if i read correctly that was the first book that was actually published in britain as well of hers so she has oh my god wow i know which is kind of like what that can't be possible so uh yeah I found that fact stunning. So I guess, um, you know, when I was reading Where Night Stops, I mean, you have all these different threads of sort of the sort of after effects of violence, the sort of main character sort of dealing with this sort of life of being homeless in a city, and then the sort of more like lobe-trotting thriller aspects to the book. So you have all of these very disparate elements that all create this much larger narrative. And I'm kind of curious, did one of them come before the rest, or how did they all sort of end up converging in this particular book? This book was interesting in that I started at the end. I actually knew the the last line before I even sat down to write. So a lot of it was just creating the path toward that culmination and that end. So I started, you know, working the straightforward narrative uh, structure, you know, telling the story in present tense and getting to the end and felt that there could be more tension and so i started breaking it up then and uh having this aspect of jumping around in time and trying to keep the reader engaged but not piss them off at the same time so uh that was that was the process kind of like a jigsaw puzzle yeah yeah had you ever worked like that before where you sort of had an ending in mind and you need kind of realized you needed to work back towards it or was this new for you Interestingly enough, with most of my stories, I have, I won't say the, the end line necessarily, but definitely the emotion I want the reader to walk away with. And so then it's really just trying to figure out how do I evoke that emotion. And for me, you know, I just will see a mother and a young child and somehow that breaks my heart. And I'm not sure why that is. So that's where the impetus of a story starts is like, why did that, you know, impact me so much? And, uh, how do I figure that out? And, you know, the stories aren't necessarily the answer, but they're for me, an exploration of all that emotion that is tied up into that, uh, 
situation. How did you sort of go about figuring out the different places that, that the protagonist travels over the course of the book? Did you have certain cities that you were familiar with or just certain places you wanted him to go in particular? Probably 80% of the cities mentioned um, I have been to or lived in. The parts in the book that were more focused on specific locations such as Seattle or New York, um, I've definitely spent time in. And, and same with, you know, I look at real and it starts out in Seattle and you've definitely yeah. hit a lot of those aspects that you're like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was nice. And uh, those were, yeah, so those were things. And then, you know, the trip to Africa, I've never been to Africa, but I've been to Spain, you know, I got all the Mexico things and it's just really trying to create a sense of foreignness, both for the character and the reader. And the fact that the narrator is never really at home, both in a locale or in his own skin is something I wanted to, make sure it came across pretty much all stages of the, the writing. Yeah. So when were you in, uh, when were you in Seattle? Would you grow up there? Or? I didn't, I, I just, I've spent a lot of time there. Um, you know, started going there. In the, my first time there was in 2000. Okay. And I just sort of, I'm very fond of the city and I have a lot of friends there and I've just had reasons to go back. I think actually this, I haven't been back since I was there. I was there in late 2016 to do a reading for real. And I haven't been back since. And that's actually, I think been the longest I've, in without having been out there since like 2004 so okay i need yeah. to get back there soon um, <laughs> it was kind of funny when i read in seattle i uh was reading at uh the bookstore uh, finney books okay and uh, i was re and i read i definitely um consciously read a section of, of real that was not set in seattle because i was absolutely <laughs> terrified that someone was going to like stand up in the back of the room and be like no sir you <laughs> you have misrepresented our city and we are That's, calling you out in seattle exactly so, oh that, so, yeah. that'd be amazing that uh yeah. reminds me of my first short story i uh was shopping it around and not getting it in any, in any of the publications and uh then i saw that uh i had a section talking about the alaskan flag i'm like well why don't i send it to the alaska quarterly review and uh lo and behold they accepted it and uh speaking to the editor and he's like, yeah, one of the readers was like, oh, they put, he put that Alaskan flag in there just to, you know, get in good with <laughs> us. And I'm like, no, no, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so what about your, yeah, you have uh, your other story collection or rather you have a story collection out as well. I Trans do. Story? Yep. Um, Trans story, yeah. What is the, uh, the background on that guy and how does that differ for you in the sense of writing? I mean, what do you feel you're more akin to, uh, short story writing or novel writing? It varies a lot. Like, I think that collection was an interesting one to put together just in the sense of like, <clears throat> I mean, it was kind of, I mean, it's similar to like, I have a lot of friends who play guns and I feel like it was very similar in terms of the, okay, I've got all of these stories, but some of these stories I like a lot, but they're not necessarily going to fit in, you know, sort of make one cohesive document. So, okay, which of these work together and then which of these work, you know, in, in a particular order and sort of, yeah. And so there was a little bit of that. I mean, that, that book is about probably about 10 years worth of stories um, okay. in it. Not necessarily everything I wrote during 10 years, but, but right. it's kind of the oldest story in there, you know, was, was, not the first story I had published, but sort of the first story I had really put a lot of work into and, and had published. And then there were a few stories that ended up after 
the manuscript was accepted for publication. There ended up being two stories added to the manuscript between that point and the publication. So, I mean, it, it was an interesting thing to kind of, you know, and I didn't, I knew I didn't want to do, say, a, just a straight chronological order for, for the book. Um, it's, it's been interesting. I and mean, I think with that, it, it lets me focus more on specific moods or specific places and not have to go, you know, and that I can explore them in such a way that like, I don't need to write a full novel for. Right. Um, and I think to some extent, there's some stuff I've been working on since both books came out that I think, you know, initially I may have, I realized that there were certain things that I had done in short stories that I realized I wanted to sort of see how that out on the scale of a novel. So that's kind of some of the stuff I've been working on since then. Um, I, I would also say though that the stories I've been writing since the collection came out, I don't want to say that they're more experimental because I don't think of myself as an experimental writer. Right. But I do think I've been doing a little bit more trying a couple of different things out with uh, with form and sort of with structure to kind of see how that all works. Um, and I've also been weirdly continuing in this bizarre tradition of uh, sneaking in odd references to 1990s hockey, which <laughs> so far nobody has... Uh, has quite picked up on, and well, I'm, you just I'm waiting. Waiting. your whole Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple, like there's. I mean, I, my friend Jason, who who I run, who started Volume One Brooklyn, he, you know, is is we we sort of initially one of the things we sort of bonded, we periodically bond over is our fondness for 1990s hockey, and I'm still just waiting for him to just be like, I see what you did there. Um, so. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, well, that's definitely fun sneaking it in. Usually, uh, people have to point out things to me that I did and I'm like, Ooh, that's a little revealing. I didn't realize I had shown, shown that much about myself, but, uh, well, that's really cool. So how does that, uh, I mean, I know you said, you know, now you're kind of working on taking some of these concepts and, and further exploring them, but with the novel, was that, uh, did you have an idea, Hey, I'm going to sit down and write a novel or were you just writing and like got to a point and like, Holy shit, I got enough of a a story here to sustain a, a book. It's, it's funny. Like there, there had been a lot of false starts with what began with, with what uh, eventually became real there. You know, I have somewhere in my, in my documents folder, I have like lots and lots and lots of sort of different reworkings of that initial scene. And at the time I didn't know if it was going to be a short story or something else. And I, I had had sort of a, I had written a novel, a sort of a failed novel. Mm-hmm. And afterwards I, realized I wanted to sort of do everything I had done for that book differently. And so that ended up being, and I sort of decided to sort of try writing this story that began with this scene that I had revised so many times. Right. And just sort of see where it went. And that's, that's sort of what grew into real. I like that. So that this kind of segues into another aspect, and this is something that uh, I give you props for, cause I've attempted it and uh, it, not successful at it, but that is writing, being an editor as well, and and then teaching on top of that. Um, yeah. Back in the day, early 2000s, I helped launch uh, Epiphany Magazine, and I was a founding managing oh, editor. Nice. Holy cow. That just is, I mean, that gave me a new appreciation of the whole process. You know, it's like, I no longer say, why hasn't they gotten back to me? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, yeah. maybe because they're, you know, actually working a job that pays and uh, they want to have a life on top of it. But um, how, how do you 
yes, they all deal with writing, but they are all vastly different. So how are you able to bifurcate is not the right word, but how are you able to pull those apart and not, you know, become overwhelmed with one aspect and uh, actually have attention on others? It's, I, you know, I definitely wish I had a little bit more time to sort of go over submissions for, for volume one in Brooklyn, because I tend to do it. I tend to do a lot of it in large groups where I'll kind of go like, okay, I'm going to get like this percent of the submission pile, you know, today. Um, and as someone who's also a writer submitting to journals, it's like I, the sort of writer Toby kind of scowls <laughs> at Edgar Toby when, when, when I do that, uh, which is, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's sort of trying to figure out balance. It's, it's, it's interesting because one of the, I've taught a writing workshop, sort of a general writing workshop through Catapult. And I've done a couple, and that's, um, I think the, the first edition of it was eight weeks. And I think, uh, maybe shifting to a six week course, uh, going forward. Um, but then I've also taught a course a bunch of times through lit reactor. That's more focused towards submitting work to journals. And that was actually very interesting as far as being an editor, because it forced me to kind of look and go, okay, what, act, let me look at all of these stories I've accepted for volume one. Um, what have I, you know, what is kind of the aesthetic or what is my process? What do I actually look for? And it kind of, forced me to kind of figure that out um which we had <laughs> just, you know before it was kind of like okay yes i like this story but it's sort of publishing forced me a little bit more like, i'm know. publishing new and established writers <laughs> yeah it's the definition of pretty much every literary magazine but that that is interesting um and so what was your what was your ultimate takeaway what is volume one's flavor i mean i think i i still think it's pretty wide-ranging i mean when i'm scheduling stuff you know it's often trying to balance out, you know, at least when I'm scheduling things, at least from an aesthetic point of view, like if I have, you know, three or four stories ready to go up, you know, it might be a more narrative focused story one week and then something that's a little bit more experimental the next rather than like two stories that are both fairly, you know, sort of traditionally written and then two stories that do a lot weirder things with, with sort of form and content. Right. So I think we try to balance it out. You know, I think, you know, there are certain, Sometimes there'll be stuff that's fairly realistic and sometimes there'll be stuff that's fairly surreal. Um, we did a story, you know, we published a story, I think, last year by a writer, David Leo Rice, that was more mm -hmm. in the kind of surreal realm. But we've also done a lot, you know, a lot of work uh, as a writer uh, in New York, uh, Nicole Haratunian, who we did, who has written in a more realistic vein. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I want to be able to, you know, kind of have the space as something where people you know where work that's kind of coming from a, a, a large number of places can all kind of converge in, right ideally at least much like so. brooklyn itself yes Indeed. <laughs> that's cool um i always find it interesting when either you speaking to someone else or you take a class and you realize what is actually going on in your own process it's like something that you haven't to what you're saying about, you know, volume one Brooklyn, what is actually happening? And it's kind of, uh, it's like you've been doing it for so long and then you actually learn what the terminology is and it kind of throws you off for a minute. You're yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's what I've been doing. And I didn't realize it was called this and pretty much has been around since Aristotle, but, uh, <laughs> that's I cool. To kind of bounce that back to you. I mean, you're someone who's also worked, who's done screenwriting in addition to, 
to to writing prose. So, I mean, how does how do the two interrelate for you? Uh, that well, the one script which uh, I adapted with a director from my debut novel was an interesting process in that I had not. Uh, done any screenwriting and so the director was like you know have you thought about turning this into a film and I said well if you want to sit down and work through it together we can do that and so we we did over the summer of uh, 2007 and um, that process was pretty amazing because you know here I spent x amount of years creating this structure of 300 plus pages and you know probably initially writing closer to 1600 to get down to the 300 and then turn around again and chop it down to, you know, a 90 page haiku. And, uh, yeah, it, it is very strange, but it gets down to the essence. What is the story? You know, what are we, what are we talking about? What's important here? And so, uh, for me, I have a hard time. I have to go through that entire process, you know, just create so much content and then find the story in that content. It's like, uh, it's like sculpting, you know, if you want to create a six foot tall sculpture, you need to start out with stone at least six foot tall and then uh, start chipping away at it. Um, so the concept of just coming at a screenplay fresh, uh, I don't think my mind works that way. I'd probably probably have to write out the whole story first. I, I feel like Graham Green did that as well. He'd write out the novel and then turn it into, into a screenplay. Um, so I think that is what I align with. So you've mentioned Graham Greene, so I feel like, um, am I wrong in sort of saying? I mean, there there are aspects of of of, uh, of of your novel that have sort of Graham Greene esque, the sort of blend of the thrillery structure, but sort of dealing with larger sort of moral and uh, and philosophical questions as well. Um, am I wrong to kind of see some resonance there? Well, no, not at all. I'm glad you said that and I appreciate it. <laughs> that is certainly what I was attempting. And, uh, it is interesting cause yeah, coming at writing is, uh, for me, you know, I started out in short stories and publishing in the literary magazine. So I do have more of a literary bend and this novel was my take on a thriller, uh, through a lens of, you know, concepts that are larger than just, uh, murder and death and, hard-boiledness um and that was one of the aspects of the novel is that we never really learn what the main character is doing and for a long time i was like do i need to actually specify do i need to create that and then i realized well the story is not necessarily about that it's about him discovering himself and uh, i think that's where the literary aspect comes and i think that uh some people really like that and other people i think it pisses off um but that's what it is. Because also, narratively speaking, I mean, the narrator goes unnamed for a lot of the book. There's there are other characters who are making use of aliases and sort of there are sort of false identities that crop up here and there. So, I mean, did you know from the outset you were going to have that that extent, this sort of question of identities to that extent? Or was that something that developed over the course of writing the book? Uh that was definitely the the aspect, and I think that gets back to again the uh, the closing of the book, which uh, kind of just summates the whole fact that this guy has not uh, discovered who he is, and uh, even his mother was able to see that back back in the day. Um, and I think it kind of ties into, at least for me, just you know, what what creates our identity. I, I mean, when I first got to New York, I was in New York for 
21 years and, uh, you know, I moved there because I wanted to become a writer and uh, my perception of what a writer was is nothing close to what the reality is. <laughs> so you create these personas and these identities and then you realize, oh, this is, you know, this is not really the reality. This is not me. And uh, I think just, you know, even at the age I'm at, I'm still discovering aspects of myself and my identity. I think that's, I think that's true for everyone. Yeah. I mean, do you find, is there something you're working on now? Do you, do you sort of, do you want to, I mean, if, if this was kind of you writing a thriller, is your mm. next book going to be you taking on another sort of genre or sort of, uh, you know, sort of type of narrative or uh, are you planning to sort of stick with something similar to this going forward? Yeah, I think, uh, well, as far as genre, yeah, I, I do like the tension and the action that goes on. So I would say it's probably what I'm working on now is going to be, again, more in line with the thriller, um, the literary thriller. But just looking back at, you know, all my work is someone pointed out and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's, there's, a, there's a darkness to it. And uh, I find it humorous at times while others don't. But I think <laughs> the uh, the noir thriller aspect definitely lends uh, – this vessel to, to write in and carry this darkness forward and uh, do it in a way that I find fun and hopefully the reader finds fun as well. In regards to, uh, to real, when we're talking about uh, your characters, so we have Timon and we have uh, Marianne, and it's yeah. kind of interesting. They are both, in essence, on a search for their identity. You know, we have one who's trying to combat certain fears and others who are, I mean, Timon and... and some sense is trying to map out his future by looking at the past, which I yeah. think is uh, yeah. pretty, pretty cool. And I, you know, I, I, that concept and that theme comes up, uh, I think it's some, you know, some pretty powerful works. So I think of uh, Cormac McCarthy, you know, and he's got mm. a line in one of his trilogies. It's like, yeah, I've pretty much looked at everything I've done in the past and I figure that would, you know, give me idea and an idea of my trajectory. And, uh, it hasn't. So uh, I, I think just finding your way forward by, you know, and understanding where you're coming from and even going further back than that is uh, uh, fascinating. It's very interesting. Like, I think at some point um, it, it's very, you know, looking back on the book, it like there are, I think to some extent consciously and then to some extent subconsciously, I was definitely working through a number of things going on in my life, sort of some familial things that I was, I was sort of going through and some um, sort of broader questions of human connection that I was going through. And like, it was, it was interesting to sort of see how, you know, in some ways there are very specific things that happened in my life that I think ultimately manifested themselves in that, in a way that was in no way, shape or form remotely resembling, you know, literally the things that were happening in my life. But it was a, right. uh, it was interesting to look back on that and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> it, it's like this little map of like where my head was over the course of, uh, you know, the, the amount of time that I was sort of, you know, fully enmeshed in writing it, which uh, right. which is, is a really weird thing of just like this. I'm just like attempting to like lay over this image of a manuscript with like <laughs> a, a, like 1700s map of the human brain and uh, it's exactly. a very strange mental image. But. It's, it ends up being your diary, whether you want it to be or not. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, now I remember why I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's yeah. cool. 
That's cool. Yeah. So how did you get involved with, uh, I know you mentioned that the person who launched volume one, Brooklyn, it's a friend of yours, but how did you, uh, get on board with the managing editor role? We, I mean, when it, when it, you know, I think Jason and I had met through sort of through an event that he put on years ago at a sadly not at the funk bar in Brooklyn. And we just kind of hit it off. And I think when he launched this, I, I think we, I, I'm not knock on wood, but I think we just realized that we kind of we have I think complementary skill sets in that right. there are certain things with with the site and with with everything else that we do that that I'm pretty good at, and there are certain things that he is he's very very good at, and I think right. aesthetically we have a very we have a pretty similar sort of things we like set you know set of things we like so so yeah it's you know we've been been running for a while now and I think you know. We kind of have a have a pretty good sense of what it is, and uh, you know, and kind of what we can do with it. That's very cool. I definitely want to thank you for definitely. for jumping on the phone and chatting. Uh, it's really good to actually speak to you in person and uh, yeah, hear about some of the aspects that you're able to juggle all these positions at once and successfully. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, so. thank you very much. Cool. Thank, thank uh, you. Great, great talking to you as well. Great. Well, this is uh, Douglas Light. My novel is Where Night Stops, and you can find out more at douglaslight.com. And I'm Tobias Carroll, and I'm. you can find out more about real and transitory at tobiascarroll.com.